Hey everyone, welcome to this week's conversation with Dr. Stephen Ned about the body and how to fix, protect, or maintain it using outside-the-box alternative solutions. If you're a big fan of the pharmaceutical or surgical approach, you are so in the wrong place because on this podcast, we're not going to be pushing the conventional medicine methods or way of thinking about health. If you're looking for another way to live longer and healthier, join me, Ron Ned and my brother, Dr. Stephen Ned, for this week's body chat about balancing your vitamins and minerals. Me? I'm a retired Twin Cities chiropractor currently helping people buy and sell homes in the Tampa Bay and Los Angeles areas. My brother has a thriving chiropractic practice in the Clearwater area of Tampa Bay, Florida. In this podcast, we're going to chat about all sorts of topics related to health, nutrition, exercise, just about everything having to do with the body. You're invited to listen in to our body chat, but don't forget that neither of us is giving you health advice, so don't rush off to do something without either checking with your doctor first or seeing Dr. Steven Nett as a patient at his office. Good evening, Steve. Good evening, Ron. So now that I've visited our friend TC in the hospital and know that she's doing great and she'll be back in the area very soon, we can get on to the business that we are supposed to be doing tonight, which is the podcast. And we're going to be finishing up, well, sort of finishing up our series on vitamins because there is one more next week, but that one's a specialized one having to do with pregnancy and nutrition. So we're going to talk about the balance of nutrients that are important when you're taking supplements. And we brought this up, you brought this up, I should say, during the previous episodes. So we're going to wrap this whole thing up to give people a better understanding of this because this is one of the most key things when it has to do with taking supplements. So we've covered all the key vitamins and the minerals in the past eight episodes. And we just mentioned, like I just mentioned, one of the recurring themes had to do with keeping a balance instead of just focusing on one specific vitamin or mineral. So keeping that in mind, what are two recommendations you can make to people regarding their diet that'll help maintain as much balance as possible in regards to the vitamins and minerals? All right. First thing, um, far and away, the most important thing is to eat more fruits and vegetables. Okay. Nature's found a way to balance most of the vitamins and minerals in the whole foods that we eat. And I've stressed the point in previous podcasts that most people don't eat nearly enough of the recommended servings of fruits and vegetables daily. Right. Uh, Just 12% of us are getting the daily recommendation for fruits and only 9% are eating enough vegetables. Mm -hmm. And obviously it's definitely better to consume organic fruits and vegetables. Right. And, you know, for some reason you can't, then at least follow the dirty dozen and clean 15 guidelines from the environmental working group. And again, the dirty dozen are the 12 fruits and vegetables you should absolutely avoid if they aren't organic because of high pesticide residues. And the clean 15 are the fruits and vegetables with the least likelihood of containing pesticide residues. Right. And you can find these on the Environmental Working Group website at ewg.com, as well as their dirty dozen and clean 15 app available on your smartphone app store. Okay. And what's nice about this is that it changes every year. So right now, during the taping of this podcast, they still have the 2018 list, but hopefully sometime soon, they'll have the 2019 list available. I have a question. What about doing something like putting a shake together in the morning? Like I got that Nutribullet. 
and they have different shakes you can do where you stuff in a bunch of lettuce and kale and then put some strawberries in and some other berries and some, I think you put water in and you come up with this really thick shake. Mm -hmm. Would that be a valid way if people want to try and get more vitamin or more vegetables and fruits in their diet? Would that be a valid way or do they have to be eating the whole thing? No, as long as they're blended whole, as opposed to like using a juicer where you only get the juice out of it. If you're blending it whole, that's legit. That's getting the whole food and the whole fruit or vegetable. And I do that myself almost every day. Right. So that would be one way of people increasing it without having to be like taking mega salads or eating an entire bunch of broccoli for dinner or something like that. So exactly. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. I, I mean, I throw two big handfuls of kale in there every morning myself. Mm -hmm. Okay. And the other thing that I highly recommend for nutrient balancing is to make sure you consume some protein with every meal, regardless if you're a meat eater or a strict vegetarian. High protein whole foods also typically contain a good balance of vitamins and minerals, but protein itself helps with nutrient balance in the body due to its nine primary functions. And I would like to summarize these since this is something I haven't covered in previous podcasts. Yeah, we actually haven't. So that would be very good. Okay. So let's start with number one. Protein is the building block of the body's tissues. So it's needed for the growth and maintenance of them. Uh, secondly, it's needed for the production of enzymes, which are protein molecules that are required for the thousands of chemical reactions that occur in the body, which affect things like digestion, energy production, blood clotting, and muscle contraction, just to name a few. Mm-hmm. Proteins are also needed to make many of our hormones, which are the chemical messengers that aid communication between our cells, tissues, and organs. And, you know, some examples of protein-based hormones are insulin and human growth hormone. Okay. Then there's a class of proteins known as fibrous proteins, which provide structure, strength, and elasticity to the body. And they include keratin, which is found in your skin, hair, and nails. Mm-hmm. Collagen, which happens to be the most abundant protein in the body, and is the structurally in Kim Kardashian's body. <laughs> yeah, I, I did that little segue pause to allow you to. Yes, absolutely. That. There you go. So it's the structural protein of your bones, tendons, ligaments, and skin, and lips. And, there's, and lips too. Yeah. And then there's elastin, which happens to be several hundred times more flexible than collagen allowing many tissues in your body to return to their original shape after stretching or contracting, such as your uterus, lungs, and arteries. Uh, okay. not, your, not your uterus, of course. That's right. <laughs> okay, again, uh, speaking of balance, the body has three buffer systems to keep the body's fluids in very narrow, normal pH ranges. And even a slight change in pH can be harmful or potentially deadly. So in the previous podcast, I pointed out that phosphorus is needed for pH balance and it's converted to phosphate in order to accomplish this. Right. And another buffer is bicarbonate and that includes sodium bicarbonate, which also happens to be baking soda. Right. But the protein buffer system is responsible for maintaining the pH in and around the cells. And a great example of this is the protein hemoglobin, mm. which is, yeah, which is part of your red blood cells. Right. In addition to attaching oxygen to it, which it carries to the body's organs and tissues, it also binds small amounts of acid, helping to maintain the normal pH level of your blood. Okay. Now, along with sodium and potassium, 
proteins in your blood maintain the fluid balance between your blood and the surrounding tissues. Hmm. Yeah. Proteins are also needed for the immune system since they form antibodies, which we need to fight viruses and bacteria. Right. And remember, we learned that sodium and potassium are also needed in exact concentrations inside and outside of the cells, creating a membrane potential to allow nutrients and toxins to enter and leave the cells. Remember that? Mm -hmm. Well, proteins are needed to transport these substances throughout the entire body via the bloodstream into the cells, out of the cells, and within the cells. Okay. And then finally, protein acts as a backup energy source instead of carbs and fat. Only when fasting, during exhaustive exercise, or from inadequate calorie intake. So this should always be avoided because this protein comes from your body breaking down skeletal muscle. Mm. So it's a last resort. Right. Okay. So that's important, yeah, because we, we didn't cover these because we were just strictly going vitamins and minerals, but this is a whole different category, which is very important, and not having enough protein in your diet we kind of talked about that before. You were talking about that one study by Adele Davis as far as breakfast mm -hmm. and how important that was in getting enough protein at the beginning of the day to be able to think clearly and study and do various different things like that. So yes, that is an important thing. We may have to circle back to the protein and do a whole protein episode at some point in time because that has to do with things like meats and dairy products and you know, they all have interesting things associated with them. All right, so now that we've looked at the balance as far as diet, which vitamins or minerals are the ones most susceptible to imbalance and which has the most danger associated with imbalance? The top of the list of vitamins for both susceptibility for imbalance as well as danger when having an imbalance is definitely vitamin D. Uh -huh. and we went over this in great detail in the vitamin D podcast, episode number 59, where we learned that it works together closely with not only vitamin K2, but also calcium and magnesium. Mm -hmm. So it would be a good idea for everyone to review that data to see how they all fit together. And I'm going to sort of tie uh, all these nutrients together in their proper balanced amounts in a little bit when we cover balanced supplements. That's good. Yeah. Now, interestingly enough, I was talking to Elsa about vitamin D and she brought up that in Adele Davis's original book, Let's Eat Right to Keep Fit, when it was originally published, she talked a lot about vitamin D and the importance. Mm-hmm. And she said that after Adele Davis passed away, they rewrote her book and took that out. Oh, my God. Which is one of the reasons why it was so important to get her early editions, because it was edited and changed. And she had been talking about that years and years and years ago, because she wrote that in the 50s, was it? It was 1954, because I still have mom and dad's original copy. Exactly. If you look at what she talks about vitamin D, you'll probably see that in there. So it kind of changed and it took a long time until probably just in the last 10 years or so before all of a sudden people are saying, well, maybe we're not getting enough vitamin D. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if you knew that, but I thought I would bring that up because it's an interesting fact, especially when you bring up the fact how vitamin D is the one that's most susceptible to imbalance and most uh, dangerous when there is not enough vitamin D. Yeah, and let's go over the ramifications of this imbalance uh, with the other nutrients I mentioned a, a minute ago, vitamin K2, calcium, and magnesium. Right. 
And you know, I'm just going to summarize them because we did go over these in previous podcasts. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in the past, I pointed out the fact that there's evidence that when you have a deficiency of vitamin K2 in the body and you take vitamin D, especially in large amounts, if you don't also add in some K2, then this could be causing you more harm than good. Right. So what's going on is that you have a K2 deficiency, which can lead to vitamin D toxicity. Mm-hmm. And this tends to throw calcium out of balance, resulting in excessive calcification in parts of the body where it shouldn't be, including the arteries. Right. And this situation gets even worse when you supplement with calcium without also adding in both vitamins D and K, because without these vitamins, calcium can especially build up in the coronary arteries, initiating excessive clotting and causing heart attacks, according to one large study. So I just showed you two scenarios of vitamin D imbalance where either having too much or too little basically results in the same situation, calcium buildup in the arteries. Right. Isn't that interesting? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the bottom line is that you cannot let your vitamin D levels get too low, which is below the 20 nanogram per deciliter blood level, because without enough vitamin D, you won't be able to absorb calcium properly into your bones, and it can unfortunately end up elsewhere, including your arteries. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah. But on the other hand, if you take too much vitamin D without also having enough vitamin K to balance it, then calcium can also end up in the arteries as a result of this imbalance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Amazing. So that's a very important one to have balanced. That's right. You know, and for those of you wondering why we didn't designate an entire podcast to vitamin K, since we had one for all the other vitamins, well, you know, we covered it in extensive detail in podcast number 43 on clotting and bleeding and felt that all of the salient points about it were covered there. Right, exactly. Now, you know, I also mentioned that magnesium plays a role in vitamin D balance in the body. And, you know, remember we've also learned that magnesium converts vitamin D to its active form in the body. So even if we get enough sunshine to create vitamin D, it won't matter if we don't have enough magnesium because it won't be converted to its active form, which is the 25-hydroxy vitamin D form that we test when we do blood tests for it. Right. And the other important nutrient that fits into this picture is essential fatty acids because they combine with vitamin D to make calcium available to the tissues. So when essential fatty acids are also deficient, then tissue calcium assimilation may be prevented altogether. Mm. (laughs) Wow, that's not good at all. Yeah, so balance, balance, balance. That's right. All right, well, you know, getting back to the original question about which vitamins or minerals are most susceptible to imbalance and have the most danger associated with imbalance, you know, obviously we just covered vitamin D. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, the minerals that top that list, I would say, are the combinations of sodium and potassium along with calcium and and magnesium uh, due to their vital roles in so many critical body functions like fluid balance, muscle contraction, heart rhythm and nerve conduction. So I highly recommend that you check out our previous podcast, number 60, covering calcium and magnesium, and number 61 on sodium and potassium to get all of that information. Absolutely. And I'd also like to throw out another example of nutrients that are connected to each other, just like what we went over with vitamins D and K, along with calcium and magnesium and essential fatty acids. Mm Mm-hmm. I would like to start out by saying that blood tests are excellent for telling you blood levels of certain nutrients at that moment in time, but tissue analysis, in particular hair analysis, can give you a long-term assessment of nutrient buildup in the tissues. Mm -hmm. And an example of this is the mineral copper. 
we learned in our last podcast that copper's primary purpose is that it's required for the absorption and metabolism of iron. Correct. But it's also part of the naturally occurring vitamin C complex and is needed for making red blood cells, regulating neurotransmitters, and handling harmful free radicals. Mm -hmm. Well, research has found that when the tissue level of copper is high, then the need for vitamin C, zinc, and B6 also goes up. Ah. Yeah. And this is just one of many mineral imbalances and recommendations that a hair analysis report can produce. Hmm. Now, I've done hair analysis assessments in the past and dropped them out, but I've decided to start doing them again, and I'll touch on that a little more a little later in this podcast. Great. Yeah. All right. So those are the ones that are the most susceptible, the Ds, the calcium, magnesium, the sodium, potassium. Those are very important that don't go out of balance because it can be very serious when they do. So now let's just look at what the key balances are that need to be watched for maintained in supplements so that the average person knows don't take a thousand milligrams of vitamin B2 when you're taking no other B vitamins. So let's look at these balances that need to be maintained. You know, that's a really good point because very few of us pay attention to that and supplements aren't regulated as far as the balance of nutrients in them. So it's important to be informed on this. Correct. In our calcium and magnesium podcast, I went over the ideal balance of one-to-one for calcium and magnesium, even though the experts recommend a two-to-one calcium to magnesium ratio. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when supplementing, aim for a one-to-one ratio or even slightly more magnesium than calcium since you'll very likely be getting more calcium than magnesium in your diet. Right. Now, the other supplement balance that's really important is the B-complex. Mm-hmm. Remember, in our B-Complex podcast, you asked me the question about whether the eight B vitamins should be taken individually or as a whole. Mm -hmm. And I answered that they should definitely be taken together as a whole, but there are deficiency situations where you may need to supplement with more of specific B vitamins. Right. However, we never went over how much of each B vitamin we should take. Well, most of the B-Complexes are like a 100 milligram B-Complex. Right. So let me clarify that. Yeah. So you're probably going to have to do something to explain that. That's right. So the answer to that is you do not take the same amount of each one. Hmm. So for, you know, for example, you'll typically find vitamins B3 or niacin and vitamin B6 in 50 milligram increments. Mm -hmm. But other B vitamins like folic acid and B12 are needed in much lower amounts, which is micrograms. Right. You know, most supplement companies are responsible enough to put in balanced amounts of each of the B vitamins in a B complex. But if you happen to find one that says 50 milligrams of each, then you know that it's not balanced and it belongs on the store's shelf, not yours. Right. Good point. All right. So those are the key things. The other thing probably is to make sure that when you're getting vitamin C, that you're getting vitamin C with the bioflavonoids rather than just the ascorbic acid because that would, I guess that would fit in the category of balance. That's right, because that's how it's found in nature. Cool. Uh, are there any supplements you can recommend that take a lot of the balance aspect into account when it's put together? Yes, and I would like to say that the most balanced supplements are organic whole food supplements. 
Mm-hmm. And the company leading the way with this approach has always been standard process. Right. Um, they grow their own organic non-GMO fruits and vegetables and raise their own cattle on farmland in Palmyra, Wisconsin, and have been doing so there since 1987. Wow. Yeah. I mean, the company actually started way back in 1929 near Milwaukee and has evolved over the last 90 years, now producing over 300 products from three different product lines, which include whole food supplements, mm-hmm. veterinary formulas, which I've used with some of the animals I've helped. Mm-hmm. And now herbal supplements. That's great. Yeah. I mean, the difference between taking whole food supplements as opposed to those that are formulated is that whole food supplements typically contain significantly lower amounts of various nutrients, including vitamins and minerals. Mm -hmm. So you often have to take a significantly larger amount of them to handle deficiencies and restore balance. For example, their supplement called AF Beta Food, which is magnificent for gallbladder issues. Mm -hmm. It includes the roots and leaves of beets, the roots of carrots, and many other natural plant and animal sources. And the typical dosage is five pills per meal or 15 pills a day. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, the biggest issue with whole food supplements is compliance. You know, Mm -hmm. getting my patients to take tons of supplements several times a day for extended periods of time can be very challenging as opposed to just taking a few once or twice a day. Good point. You know? Now, as far as the best balanced multiple vitamin mineral complex and then some that I've come across is the Essential Nutrition Pack from Anabolic Labs. Okay. I've actually been taking this daily for years because it contains nearly everything I need. Uh, it has 30 once-a-day packets, which contain a multivitamin mineral pill, two vitamin D3 soft gels, which give you 2,400 IUs of vitamin D. Two magnesium caps, which give you 300 milligrams of magnesium, and two fish oil soft gels that give you 2,400 IUs of omega 3 fatty acids. Okay. Now, it's important to know that this obviously doesn't give you nearly enough vitamin D to stay above the 30 nanogram per deciliter blood level, which we went over in podcast episode 59 on vitamin D. Right. Again, this supplement only gives you 2,400 IUs of D3, but we learned in that podcast that you need. 4,000 IUs daily to hit the bare minimum level you should be at, which is 30. But in order to get above 40, which is the desirable level for preventing certain conditions, including cancer, then you need to be taking at least 9,600 IUs of D3. Wow. Yeah. So it would be wise to add another D3 supplement to your daily regimen. And I've seen some combined with K2, and that's fine. And that, you know, you showed me the one that you were looking at Mm -hmm. recently. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, but I prefer to take it by itself since there may be instances like at the onset of an acute infection like the flu when you would want to take 50,000 IUs of it for a few days to knock out the infection rapidly. Right. You wouldn't want to be taking, you know, mega doses of huge amounts of K2 also since that can throw off your body's clotting mechanism. Mm, yeah. So what I do daily is in addition to the 2,400 IUs that I get from the essential nutrition pack, I add four drops of liquid D2 at 2,000 IUs a drop, which gives me a total of 10,400 IUs of vitamin D3 per day, which ensures that I will be above the 40 nanograms per deciliter blood level. Okay. You know, a little later, I'll tell you how you can work out how much vitamin D you can get from the sun on a particular day. uh, So you can strategize how much vitamin D you should supplement that particular day. All right. It's going to be pretty interesting. Yeah, good. (laughs) 
Now, I also supplement with an additional 200 micrograms of vitamin K2 to balance out the vitamin D. And I like the product from the company called Now. Its product is simply called vitamin K2, and each capsule gives you 100 micrograms of K2. So you take two per day, and a bottle of 100 is a 50-day supply at just $15 a bottle. Wow. So that's, that's a pretty good deal. It's about it is. $8 a month. Let's also not forget that you need magnesium to activate vitamin D in the body, even if you're getting enough sun or from supplements. So 400 milligrams in the essential nutrition pack is a good start, and you should be able to get the rest in your diet to get that number up to at least 700 milligrams or else adding in other supplements, uh, you know, like natural calm or magnesium solution will do the trick. Okay. Better yet, since magnesium needs to stay balanced with calcium in a one-to-one ratio, then combining the calcium that you get from the essential nutrition pack, which is just 100 milligrams, to the best bone calcium supplement that we've gone over before, Hollywood Health's Bone CalMag, which gives you 667 milligrams of calcium hydroxyapatate, that equals just, uh, you know, equals 767 milligrams of calcium. Wow. And what's really cool is that combining those same two supplements gives you 700 milligrams of magnesium. Oh, wow. So that puts you right in the ballpark of a one-to-one ratio and also at the daily 700 milligram per mineral amount for both magnesium and calcium that we recommended in that podcast. That's great. So that works out really nice. Mm-hmm. All right. Very good. Maybe you should put together a basic vitamin pack that has the one-a-day thing plus the additional D and the additional K2 supplement that you sell, and then people can come in and just say, can I get the basic vitamin pack to make sure they get it, or balanced vitamin pack. It's a good idea. Maybe I'll hire you to it. <laughs> yeah, he can't afford me. <laughs> I know. Uh, but yeah, give it some thought. Cause I think that that would be easy. I know if I was out there, I'd probably say, yeah, I'd want to do that so that I know that I've got everything balanced out. Mm-hmm. Excellent. All right. Now, before we end, is there anything else you'd like to say? Oh yeah. Remember you asked me about what tests that, uh, you can do annually or even more frequently to test for nutrient deficiencies and balances and so on, uh, just a few weeks ago. That's right. Well, I've run some of these before, but I've put together a program that I'll be offering at the office after consulting with one of the top certified nutritional consultants, Dr. Michael Biamonte, Mm -hmm. who's also a doctor of nutropathy, which is a health professional that uses extensive personalized health questionnaires along with testing specimens of your urine, saliva, and hair. By the way, he's also one of the leading experts on candida or yeast overgrowth in the body. Uh, He specializes in this and has written an outstanding book about it called The Candida Chronicles. Mm -hmm. Aren't we going to have an upcoming podcast on candida? Yes, we are. Okay, good. Well, we should consider having him on as a special guest for that episode. Yeah, we could definitely do that. Okay, good. I'll give him a heads up. Well, I'm going to run all these tests on myself first. Uh, I've done nearly all of these in the past, but I'm going to put them together along with a symptom questionnaire and create a program based on this. There are other specific tests that can also be ordered depending on the circumstance for determining things like leaky gut syndrome, gluten insensitivity, parasites, glyphosate toxicity, autoimmune thyroid disease, Epstein-Barr virus, just to name a few. So those can be ordered in addition if they're suspected. That's great. 
But the basic program is going to include the following. Uh, a thorough medical health questionnaire, a basic blood test panel that checks red blood cells, platelets, and hemoglobin, white blood cell count, and types of white blood cells, electrolytes, including sodium, potassium, magnesium, calcium, chloride, and phosphorus, mm -hmm. fasting blood sugar or glucose, iron, liver enzymes, and thyroid hormones. Okay. Oh, it also includes a lipid panel that checks cholesterol, triglycerides, and, and so forth. Okay. And what about the vitamin D test? That's coming up. Oh, cool. Yeah. There's a new finger prick blood test that you can perform at home and then send it in, which checks the blood levels of the fat-soluble vitamins A, D, and E. Wow. The water-soluble vitamins C and all of the eight B-complex vitamins. Hmm. Eight amino acids the hormones cortisol and testosterone, and fatty acids including omega-3s, omega-6s, specific types of omega-3s and omega-6s, and the two ever-so-important ratios of omega-3 to omega-6 fatty acids and omega-6 arachidonic acid to omega-3 EPA that we went over in podcast number 18 covering omega fatty acids. So that's from one blood test? That's from one little prick of your finger where you drop these uh, drops of blood onto a little uh, sheet that you send into this one lab. Wow. And that's going to do all the vitamins and the fatty acids and all that. And the aminos and the hormones. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. I know. So I know that's going to be something you're going to be offering as far as working with people to get information and get them set up to do this test and then look at the results and determine what needs to be done in nutritional stand. From a yeah. Nutritional and, th stand. and that's not all. Really? Yeah, sound like a commercial. And that's I not know all. you do. Back right now. <laughs> we'll also do a hair analysis, which checks the tissue levels of minerals and heavy metals. Those are things that aren't checked for, you know, in the, uh, I mean, they check a few minerals like your um, electrolytes in, in the blood test. Right. But none of them check heavy metals. So all that's going to be included in the hair analysis. Good. Yeah. And once I finish piloting this program on myself and perhaps a few patients, I'll make it available at the office in the near future. That's great. So there's going to be that which you're going to be testing out that might be available and you're going to be looking at putting together a package or possibly some packages of nutritional supplements that are like a basic package or a balanced package or specific for maybe a male and for a female. So yeah, we'll do the basic package and then, you know, if they want to do the blood work and the hair analysis and all that, to really hone in on what's off, then we can add in, you know, fill in the blanks on other things that may be low. That's great. Yeah. Oh, and one more thing. Mm -hmm. I used the D-Minder vitamin D app today when I laid out in the sun. Oh, yeah. Remember that? Yep. I have it on my phone. Good. Yeah. This is the app that helps you strategize how much vitamin D your body will safely produce in the sun without using sunscreen. And it takes into account the time of day and location you're at the amount of clothing you're wearing, and your own individual attributes such as your skin type, which is based on how resistant or how easy you tan and burn, Right. your age, height, weight, and how much vitamin D you take daily as well as recent blood level reports of your vitamin D level. Wow. Yeah. So today I consume 2,400 IUs of vitamin D in my supplements, mm -hmm. and I wanted to get up around the 9,600 IU level, which again is the approximate intake amount to get you to the optimum 
blood level of 40 nanograms per deciliter of active vitamin D. Right. So I computed out using the app that to get about 7,000 IUs of vitamin D from the sun starting at about 1.30 p.m. today, it would take about 45 minutes. Wow. Yeah. So I laid out for 45 minutes, and what's really cool is the app also gave the starting ultraviolet index at 8, mm -hmm. the altitude at 66 feet above sea level. Mm. It's my backyard. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the ozone level at 236. Mm-hmm. And this is really cool. The starting angle of the sun was at 47 degrees, and the amount of vitamin D produced at that uh, angle was 170 IUs per minute. Wow. And then when I was finishing up, the angle went down to 44 degrees, and, it went, and the amount of IUs per minute was 135 instead of 170. Okay. I mean, this free uh, smartphone app is fascinating and well worth utilizing. That's great. Yeah. Very cool. All right. Well, this was very helpful, and I'm really looking forward to hearing more about your pilot of the tests that you're looking at doing. And I think that if people are interested, they should definitely contact the office and set up a time to come in and talk to you. Sounds good to me. Excellent. So next week, like I mentioned, we're going to be wrapping up the nutrition thing by just adding a little special bonus thing on which has to do with pregnancy and nutrition and supplementation before, during, and after. And then following that, we're going to get into the seven principles of fat burning, which also have to do with diet and nutrition, but it's more of categorizing and diets and exercise that are related to what type of body a person has. And I know you've been interested in that topic and studied on it for quite a few years. So those are going to be coming up in the next three weeks. And uh, we've got a lot more ahead for people. So we appreciate everybody who listens, the people that send their comments and their emails and keep them coming. And the reviews on iTunes, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, feel free to go and leave a review and let people know what you think about this, especially if it's helping you out. And thanks again, Steve. You're welcome. Okay. Thanks for joining us this week on the Body Chat Podcast. We both really appreciate your time and your attention. We want to provide you with interesting and informative episodes each week. And if you have a topic you'd like us to cover or any questions you'd like us to answer, send an email to us at info at bodychatpodcast.com. That's info at bodychatpodcast.com. To make sure you don't miss any of our upcoming episodes, subscribe to the Body Chat Podcast now on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or Spotify. See you next week. Yeah.